Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to another of our podcasts, the Forza Italian Football Podcast, that is. We are here to talk about match day 15 of the Serie A season. Kev, I did get the name right. This is not a Patreon pod. It is still that. Um, match day 15 of the Serie A season, as you probably are now aware, Kev Fogzelski is also here with me. He's a little bit confused. Kev, what has you so confused? I'm always a little bit confused. True. Um... No, no, it was just the name, and I thought, oh, no way there, where are we? And uh, yeah, don't worry, yeah. I'm back in the room. I think because we're not recording on a Sunday night, you instinctively thought that it couldn't have been that name, but we are here on Monday evening, where we've also got you and Burns joining us. Burnsy, how are you today? I'm okay. I like the fact that it's a Monday, and it's not silly late at night, and this feels like um, last day of school for a little while. It does have that feeling to it, <laughs> all right, doesn't it? Um it's been Even a nice weekend. we're not weekend. actually stopping, but the, the, the relentlessness of the, of the calendar stops a little bit. I don't think we're going to be doing five podcasts a week, though, which was a little bit silly last week, wasn't it? So yes, it was. is <laughs> nice to have had that extra bit of time to digest things and to get our thoughts together and not be rushing everything out as soon as the football is finished and we're all back off trains. Although, incidentally... I was on a train 45 minutes ago, so that much doesn't feel all that different, but it will when we finish, and it's still a respectable time. But I'm just back from Bologna, guys, because I was coming back from Rome, and I had to get off the train in Bologna to change, and I had to do a meeting, and then I had a bit of time after my meeting, so I decided to go and get some pasta, obviously, as you do when you're in Bologna and you've not had lunch. So I did that, but before I went and saw my pasta, Kev, I saw something. What do you think I saw? Oh, it could be any any number of things. It's probably not going to be, you know, Mark Ioannoutovic riding a horse through Bologna city centre, as I'd <laughs> very much like it to be. Um, so you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to tell us, Bernsey, What did I say? I don't want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but you're going to have to. Uh, there was a man. Yep. <laughs> with his hand. On yeah. Connor's leg. Um, I, I, no. well. <laughs> um, Close enough. I, I, I suspect in his pocket. Yeah, he was in his jacket uh, pocket, yeah. And you could probably fill in the rest. So oh, I sent no, you a video, Bernsey. <laughs> can you describe <laughs> what you can see in the video? Oh, that's why I could, I could see the the back of a very Italian-looking, slightly older gentleman. Quite old. Stood in quite a wide open space. Yeah, middle of the, <laughs> middle of the street. <laughs> Daytime. Yeah. Um, and you, you can just sort of you can just see the back of his trousers on the right hand side and his elbow moving at a fairly regular rhythm. Shuffling. <laughs> Yeah. He was doing it. He was doing it. I'm not exaggerating to say for about ten minutes. And <laughs> first, he was. I mean, it good can take a little longer as you get older. <laughs> first, he was. He was above my screen. So he was about like three meters in front of me, and I could just see like this man standing there facing me on my screen. And for a while, I was like, "That's a bit odd that your man's been stood there for ages." And then I looked up and I was like, "Oh God, he's doing that, isn't he?" And then I was turning around to see what he was looking at and there was nothing there. And then he moved and he was just like then over my shoulder. So again, I was looking to be like, don't be coming too close to me there, lad. Pardon? Um, but then he was just looking. I know what I said. He was he was just looking at, we seemed to be just looking at a mother and child. 
Oh, I was about to say, was there anything oh, that was like uh, arousing? <laughs> you know, was he stood outside a lingerie store or something sort of bizarre? But... I was uh, going to say, for the benefit of the doubt, yeah. could he have Parkinson's? Because that is along those lines. The, the difficulty is it was quite a specific looking movement. <laughs> for I saw it Parkinson's. really close. <laughs> well, I think if he sent you the video, and the only way we can do it is poll on Twitter. No, I don't want to. I don't want to share it. I don't want to share that video. That's a surefire way to make this the last ever podcast. <laughs> it's alright. We just put it out as the other name. Video of an old man. That works. We'll put it out on pa- Patreon only. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's get into the football, shall we? Because I want to. I just wanted to make other people suffer with that with me, um, and then put it out of my memory forevermore. It kicked off on Friday night. The last round of Serie A fixtures obviously coming into the break. Empoli beat Cremonese 2-0. Then on Saturday, we had a little bit of fun in Naples where Napoli beat Udinese 3-2. More surprising than I expected that one to be. More, a little bit closer than I expected it to be. Lecce beat Samp because Sampa rubs 2-0 on Saturday afternoon. And then Bologna hammered Sassuolo 3-0 in a result that I don't think many people would have seen coming. Lewis Ferguson scored a belter there which we will get into a little bit as well. Atalanta lost 3-2 at home to Inter. They went 1-0 up at home through an Adamola Luckman. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And lost. Torino drew 1-1 away at Roma. I was at that one. That was a lot of fun for all the wrong reasons, though. Monza beat Salernitana 3-0. Another surprising result. Spezia won 2-1 at Verona. Milan won in the last minute against Fiorentina at the San Siro 2-1. And Juventus pumped Lazio 3-0. Another of those unexpected results so that means in the mid-season break for the next two months napoli are top milan are second juve are fourth juve are third and lazio are fourth um should we start with juventus guys because they're rubbish Ewan. they're third in the table and is allegri just mugging us all off yes i think he is and i'm a bit concerned um, because, I mean, how many have they won on the bounce now? Six. Or uh, six on the Without bounce. Without conceding. That is only in Serie A because they did get yes. their pants pulled down a few times yeah, in yeah. Champions League during yeah. that run. Mm. Um, I mean, that's Pants why pulled down is an unfortunate expression given what we're just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, parking that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm generally concerned about them because the, the thing that, I and us have been saying all season so far is yes, they're crap, but they've got good players to come back. Now they don't look quite as crap and they've not got those players back because yes, Kies is back, but he's not back back at this stage. Mm. Um, And obviously there's going to be Pogba, who I still think is going to be way more suited to that team than he was at United. Um, even, Even Di Maria has not had the sort of impact that, you that we know he can have he, he's shown it a bit but then he gets oh, well he injuries. did when he was before he got any injury mm, but you think you know you think there's going to be at least a run of games during the season where you know just those three players are going to be fit and in the team um, even Vlavic has struggled with injuries in recent weeks quite a bit of this run has been without him um, it is moderately concerning so um, all hail Napoli are we just all getting on board with that already at this point of the season? We're all saying that we want Napoli to win the Scudetto and we're now officially declaring a bias, Kev? Uh, I think if the alternative is Juventus, even given my <laughs> previous prediction. You know, I'm on, I'm on the Napoli narrative just because I think it will be, just be amazing to see. And I've, fully, I've mentioned it before, I fully intend to be somewhere in and around that city, if not stadium, because... I've already had. We'll get to Napoli. <clears throat> yes, yeah, sorry. Um, but yeah, Inter in are oh, they're just going to sort of grind grind us out. You know, I mentioned a moment ago that they they've got that six consecutive Serie A games without conceding. The last Juventus. Time they, yes, and the last time they did that, who do you think was in charge? Big Max. It was Big Max. Um, so again, it just feels like you know he's he's slowly turning them into that sort of grinding machine that. I don't think we, well, you know, you can tell me otherwise. I don't think we disliked them, but it made Serie A less 
you know, appealing, I suppose, for, for, for non-Italian fans or non-Syria um, followers before that. And it, it certainly it made it kind of less entertaining for those those following it. In our I'm sure a lot tour. of our listeners would have actively disliked them. Yeah. And it, it uh, killed it, didn't it, for for, yeah. for a couple of years there. It sort of killed um the, the sort of the, the 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 final week's excitement, you know, that we've that we've had the last couple of years. Is there an argument to be made though, Burnsy? I'll bring you in on this one that if Juventus win the title this year, that's actually them doing what we wanted someone else to do to them because they were nowhere in the picture for much of the opening part of the season. And then to just come along and go what will undoubtedly be 25 games without dropping a point in Serie A and then go and win the title of May. That would be quite a remarkable story. Yeah, you're completely right. But the difficulty is that it's not been long enough of them being yeah the title every time it's not been long <laughs> enough years. for it to be interesting yet five years minimum um, for that any league any any dominant side when they fall off their perch it's like five years minimum before you you want them to come back and win a title yeah wonders yeah, are very strong right there oh okay <laughs> yeah. please so i mean yeah. do you want manchester okay. united to win a title do you? can can accept <laughs> can accept them coming back and winning a title okay um okay yeah i probably shouldn't yeah it's okay um Brenzy were you in the middle of a point there uh no I think I finished it although actually what what you just said quite a good example to make the point is Arsenal actually where it's been ages for them even though they used to win loads of titles um so a lot of people particularly younger fans who never knew them to win titles think oh that's quite cool you know Mm. it's not City um but you know, it's only it's not been anywhere near that that long for you though. And Arsenal didn't win nine in a row, so mm-hmm. keep them down. There's a, there's another element of of that which you know we won't. I'm always told not to stick on the English rule, but the the fan perspective. You know, you know, I'm in the south of England, so I I know quite a few Arsenal fans, and you also see some relatively idiotic fans of clubs that have been dominant for a long time. And, you know, so they, they're constantly demanding, constantly demanding, oh, you know, we should be doing this. It's our right to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And in the in the Arsenal example, they're now like, wow, this is hard. You know, you know football, yeah. has, football has evolved somewhat. That you know, and, and this is the thing, and I'm sure Inter and Milan fans were saying this when they won the leagues the last couple of years. It's like, wow, we have to get some significant points totals to sort of overcome, you know, what was the dominant Juventus side. And, um, you know... Hopefully, it's probably gone the other way now with Juventus realizing that there is a a slightly more level playing field in Italy, and everybody hates Juventus. <laughs> like, if you don't support Juventus, you actively hate everything about that club. So there's there's a very different dynamic going on. It might Arsenal might be more equivalent to someone like Roma or something. Mm. You know, a lot a lot of people dislike them, but most people just are a bit indifferent to them when it comes to the the bigger clubs. But Moise Ken scored twice. I think he's been named our player of the week. He's definitely in the team of the week. And then Eric Millick killed it off in the 89th minute. Is Moise Ken finding a little bit of form or is this just kind of him where he scores a couple of goals in a season? Well, he's four, he scored four in four and uh, he, he hadn't scored four. Well, it took him 38. His last, he scored four in his last 38 games before this. It's his first oh, wow. double since 2018. So you can tell I've written the player of the week this week. Since 2018? <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was 20, 2018. No, no, sorry. That, that man was... is a forward. Yeah. Uh... Oh, God, no. Kev's backtracking. <laughs> Can't remember. I haven't got my article up. Um, but... I think I might have seen him score a brace in 2019. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was 2019. I'm going to frantically check, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't know. It's it, it's ideal. Yeah, Ewan said that Vlavic has, has struggled with injuries this year, and it it feels that that's I think that's the that's the concerning element of this, where things seem to just be falling into place. Is that if Vlavic is out injured, you're thinking, oh, you know, yeah. Keane's still shinning them into the sort of crowd. And now he's kind of scoring consecutively, and it's like, oh, and now he's still. That was rude. <laughs> oh, that is usually what he does. Oh, it's, it's accurate, but it was rude. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize because he's obviously they start quite, you know, he's still only 22 years old. So it's one of those where you think, oh, well, actually, is he, is he actually growing now as a player? 
he hasn't had a I wouldn't say he's had a great run of where he's kind of been shipped out to. You know, Everton was a mm. terrible move move for him. Um and maybe not having to sort of fill the boots and score the goals to take Juventus to a to yeah, to a title because they have got a better perspective on, you know, the the Italian um Sierra Syria at environment. Maybe it's, uh, he'll have a good good couple of years. They're not top though, because Napoli are still there. They looked like they were gonna cruise to a comfortable victory over Udinese. They went two 0 up within what was it, just over half an hour. And then it was three before the hour mark, but it didn't finish too comfortably, Bernsey, because Udinese scored twice in the space of three minutes between the seventy ninth and the eighty second. It was a cagey finish for the Partenope. They nearly ruined my match report. It was, <laughs> it was beyond ready <laughs> for a long time. Um, and then they got one. I was like, oh, I'll just stick in a little consolation goal. I was like, right, I've got to rewrite all of that because it's not a consolation goal anymore. Um, but I did start to get a bit sort of, not obviously not a Napoli fan, but like what well, we keep alluding to the idea that they could have some incredible collapse, even though they look amazing. When they can see two goals while three and all up against <laughs> Udinese in the last ten minutes, you start to think, "Oh my god, they're they're doing it! It's <laughs> it's starting to happen already." Um, this is going to be the first of many. But to be fair, they they held on, and I mean, in terms of like the rest of the game, it was easy for them. They 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 still looked exactly as they do. There was clearly just some switch off for around four minutes. Um, if if you're Spalletti, you almost might be pleased that that has happened. You know the fact they still got the win, but it got perfectly exhibited to them what can happen if you switch off. You know they they needed a three goal lead there to actually be safe because they couldn't sufficiently see it out themselves. But they still managed to get all the points anyway. So I, I'd be all right if I was Spalletti. Sorry, I got distracted by a very confusing message that I cannot I make. Tell you were. head nor tails <laughs> of. Um, <laughs> talk about it after, but it doesn't make any sense. Um, right. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I'm not sure that Spalletti's the type of person to see that as a positive, though. I get what you mean, that he has that to refer to, and externally it could be a positive point that he can use that to motivate them going forward a little bit. But, Kev, I think the biggest positive that we've got to say about Napoli is they're eight points clear, and they're going to be eight points clear for two months. Yeah, it's 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 quite a margin, really, when you, when you think about it, and you don't see any real external factors, say the World Cup, with the, the players they've got going there significantly derailing them. You know, if you think about the, the spine of the team, that's not going to be overly affected because, you know, Osman went. Uh, and the question I have actually on it is on Osman because obviously they, uh, Nigeria, got knocked out by Ghana. Um, why is he still wearing that mask? I'm pretty sure he's had it on so long now that he should no longer need to wear it. You know, players usually wear those protective masks for for a couple of weeks. And um, it, I, I, I'm so in my old man shouting at clouds sort of um, persona. I'm worried that he's sort of becoming a bit of a brand thing, and now he's just wearing it because it's sort of become part of his image. Um, right, but are you just assuming that he's? deciding to wear it well he's wearing i'm sure i saw him wear it when when liverpool played them sort of the first week of september it's like how bad was the injury and he takes it off so frequently it's like he takes it off now for the photo (laughs) opportunities when he scores hang on so you're giving him stick for wearing it and then you're giving him stick for taking it off what do you want i want him just not wear it anymore if he doesn't need to but i want to but i want to know should he be wearing it or not if he comes back from the world cup and he's still wearing it it's like you must have hated Petrček. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, but that was a significant. That was a significant injury. In the same way with Raúl Jiménez, you know, he, you know, there was, it was, it was much publicised that he has to wear that for the rest of his career. But I, I don't understand why he's what, where he's, why he's wearing know. it anymore. Somebody snapped my cheek in half just under my eye. I, I think I'd, I think there'd be a bit of a mental block in taking it off <laughs> for for combat situations. Mm-hmm. It's different when you score, but. Wow. <laughs> When you say his brand, you might have a point because it isn't. I may have just been mixing up people, but isn't Batman kind of part of his brand or whatever? Is, oh, is don't tell me that. Doing? Don't tell no, me. Can it's you... very plausible. I'm mixing people up, but I know Aubameyang does it. But I've got a feeling Osman has before as well. 
and it is quite Batman-y. <laughs> well, this the, was going to give me something to do during the World can Cup. Can you guys, can you both shut up for a minute? Because all you had to do was go onto Google and type in Aussie men, mask, why? And one of the top stories is Napoli's doctor has explained why Victor Ozyman still wears his protective mask. So I'm going to read to you what the Napoli doctor said, Kev, okay? It is. Ozyman is perfectly healed. He's wearing the protective mask because it gives him a sense of security. But he's healed. He has his own balance and he wants to wear it. Hopefully this mask will be enough until he feels safe and takes it off. Not before then. And yeah, there's just talk that he wants to do it because he just feels a little bit more comfortable and protected wearing it is that okay granddad now i'm on ozerman watch for <laughs> until he takes I see it off. that as a win for me that's that's what i said oh. purely hypothetically without googling it if you're an opposing <laughs> defender you're terrified the day he shows up without his mask on aren't you because you just think oh no he's he's fearless <laughs> he well, feels secure <laughs> this is this is gonna this is gonna be a bit old school but it is very much like that you know oh. if 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 i saw someone with you know in the, I don't know, in, I suppose the late 90s, and I know, you know, some, <laughs> one of you at least wasn't born. Um, I did a four-month stint in the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I picked up a few things. But there was these, you know, it's like someone wears something, you know, a protective knee. If somebody's wearing a protective knee thing, I'm going through them on that knee. About? And that's what I'll be doing as a centre half. What are you still talking about? <laughs> you you are rotten. <laughs> what a shocker! I know. Well, so yeah. as a look man at him. His legs for three times. Look at that soft idiot wants to protect his face that shattered <laughs> into pieces less than a year ago. <laughs> Loser. <sighs> Someone should be aiming to kick him in the head. One of the worst takes oh, I've ever okay. heard from you, Kev. And there's okay. been some fucking takes. <laughs> Like, oh good God! Yeah, beneath the wanking man video. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Patreon special. That's you know not what? going anywhere near Twitter. You and earlier said it feels like this feels has a bit of a last day at school. <laughs> yeah, <feel. And laughs> we are slowly, slowly building that snowball, rolling down that Watch hill. A Christmas film in a minute, <laughs> guys. What has just happened? Oh, I don't I've know. just got a notification straight it's to my computer, early. and I don't have it open. Right, I'm. My head's all over the place, to be honest with you. I've sent that message on to you. Bernsey, you have Roma leanings. Maybe you can make some sense of it because I'm confused. Um, but we'll move on. We're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about it after. Can you can explain well, it to me? I, ha- I have got an answer for you, sir. Okay, good. I'm pleased. Inter beat Atalanta 3-2. Bernsey, you watched this one for us. Adam Oler-Luckman scored another really good penalty. I think he might be the best penalty taker in Serie A based on the evidence we've seen this season. Sample size is small, but Two from two and two bullets from two. But then Inter kind of just came back and quite expectedly got three points against a team that can't win at home. This was weird, right? Because 3 2 <laughs> makes it look interesting. It was crap. Like, th- this was a bad 3 2. Uh, Why? I don't know if I ever said that. Because neither team was. P- was good at any phase of the game. Palomino had a lovely time on his return, making up for last time. In a way. (laughs) (laughs) He he packed the action in. Um, Can I just say, Jose Luis Palomino just reminded us all exactly what he's about. Just madness. Madness. Kev's laughter looks like he's he's just spotted what Palomino did. <laughs> no, no, it was just me thinking of the man earlier and you saying he'd pack the action in. <laughs> <laughs> Back on track. Really well, busy Back on track. <laughs> um, no, well, anyone who doesn't know, Palomino scored an own goal and then scored a goal in the correct one um, within fairly short time of each other as well, which was pleasant. But no, the Atalanta went 1-0 up when... Not a lot had happened. The, the the penalty was absolutely. It was a very clumsy tackle from De, from uh, Stefan de Frey, and it was definitely a penalty. Brilliant penalty, like you say, like the one he did before. The right in the top corner could not be more in the top corner. Um, and then you know in, into a sort of everything was going through the motions. Then it was like, oh, they've they've scored. You know, cross went in, got flicked on. Um, it was a very nice finish from Jacko actually. Uh, if it was that one, it might have been the second one, but. Um, and then, you know, they, they it was one of them games, like nothing happened. And then, oh, they've scored again. And then, oh, look, they've, they've got another one. And it 
you know, apart from like the five minutes at the end where Aslan's were really pushing because it got back to three two, like at no point was it particularly gripping despite seeing five goals. It was very very odd. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what to say about this, I'll be honest with you, because Atalanta are just doing Atalanta things again. Gasparini's kind of losing his knot again, as he tends to around the middle of the season. Um, but I suppose we should probably focus on it from an Inter perspective, Kev. This is a big win for them, as bad as Atalanta are at home, to go to Bergamo and get a win against a team who had been towards the top of the table. Can only be good news for Simone and Zaghi's side. Yeah, obviously, for a very short time, it did get them into the top floor, which was, you know, probably what they were aiming for to sort of go into the World Cup break with a, a bit of positivity. Um, they are only, you know, what is it? Must be goal difference, um, but you know, then they're not going to. I think they're even less likely than Inter to that's uh, the new way to challenge for the title, but they'll probably be looking at. <laughs> I'm writing them off already. But, um... Are we in that position now, though? It's an interesting one because it seems like a lot of people are. Where are Inter just kind of out of it? The 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 level of inconsistency from Inter in the last couple of years, really. I know they they got pretty close to the title last year, but you know, had it not been for that rallying mistake, I just I I suppose maybe maybe I shouldn't be thinking that they can't go on a sort of a classic Juventus style eight nine games. Uh, winning streak, but I, I don't I don't feel it. You know, it's very much a feeling rather than maybe what we're watching on the pitch. Uh, if, if if we're gonna talk about the title, we, I feel like I've gone full circle now with Napoli, where I'm actually slightly annoyed by how good they're playing and how sort of dominant they're being at the top because there's six points between seventh and second. And that's very nice. Like you look at Atlanta, they've mm. you know they've lost three in a row and they've gone from being in a position where they could have got within two points of Fairy Tales over. Now they're sixth. And you know no, the fairy tale's not over. I know what you're trying to get me to say. <laughs> but the the point is they've dropped like a stone just from what could essentially just be a blip rather than an actual representation of how good they are. And they've dropped all the way down there while Juve have shot right up. Um so if Napoli were on 34 points, 35 points. This would be very, very lovely for everyone involved. I was trying to get you to buy it and I've rattled myself. Can I can I talk about Atalanta for a second? Because people are saying silly things again. Like, they've lost four from five, right? But in those four games, they played Napoli, Lazio and Inter. Fine. The The only, like, shock in there is that they lost to, to Lecce, which is a disastrous result. But to lose <laughs> Napoli Lazio. The only unfortunate thing is that those three games came so close together. Otherwise, it's completely fine. They beat Rome and they drew at Milan this season. Shut up, everybody. Good God. I'm sick of it. That goes for you, listeners. That goes Shut no up. that goes for me. Try <laughs> try <laughs> trying to get me to try get you, yeah. Things. I've never, I've never managed to bait myself like that before, to be honest with you. But I've just done it. Um, <laughs> remarkable insight into what goes on in my head, isn't it? I, I've yeah, said something and then I've heard it, and I've got annoyed by what's been said. Incredible stuff. Um, sorry about that, listeners. We go to Rome. I was in Rome. Roma Torino finished one one, but it was a lot more fun than that would suggest, and that's despite the first half being. An absolute stinker leading me to messaging you and Burns at halftime saying, I'm really just thinking about eating a carbonara now because the first <laughs> half was dreadful. But then it all went a bit mad in the second half. Carol Linetti scored a really good header. Torino deservedly had their lead. And then, well, Paolo Dybala came on after 70 minutes, changed the game and won a penalty. Balotti missed it, hit the crossbar. Matic scored the rebound and it finished 1-1. But Ewan... The Roma fans booed the team off after the match. Yeah, it, things have turned fairly fast, haven't they? <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's not been a good run of form, and you know, it, it, injuries and stuff are relevant, but that's not all of it. There's clearly something else going on wrong. Um, I think they're a team that need the break, much like you'd say that Atalanta need the break. Mm. Um, it's quite an applicable situation. 
because you know, Roma was sitting quite happily flitting between fourth and fifth for most of the season, and then it's just fallen away in the last five games. Um, but this this performance just they just don't seem to have that key to unlock a lot of teams at the moment. And, and to be honest, I, I think I think the key is in the squad, but he's not been playing for the last four or five games, which is Dybala. As soon as he came on, it was you know yes, it's relevant that he came on somewhat fresh against a tired defence. So obviously you got to look better. But he, oh, he was so good. So like, you know, he, he hit the bar before the goal, um, you know, as part of the goal. Um, he put in multiple brilliant crosses that should have led to goals. Um, they were just looking for him. Every time anyone got the ball, it was, where's, where's Dybala? And he can do something on the edge of the box. So I, I think, you know... I think it's it's very it's what you'd expect from football fans, but it's very reactionary to be booing them at this stage when, you know, after the break they're going to in theory have a fit Dybala back. They could have Vinaldum as well. Um, they should have a fitter as Nicolas Zaniolo and a Tammy Abraham that is going to have a much needed rest and reset. It seems, and Pellegrini's been out intermittently as mm. well, so not good. Need a break, but it's it's far from the end of the world there. Tammy Abraham was booed off, Kev. And they started the match. The atmosphere was incredible at the beginning, as it always is at the Olympico. But then, as it always does, once kickoff comes, it dips just a little bit. And Abraham was really bad. Like, he couldn't control the ball. He couldn't play a pass. He couldn't beat a man. He was doing nothing right. And the groans got progressively louder as they went on. Then there was an incident in the second half where... It seemed like he was trying to make it up to them where he lost the ball and then he chased it back, but had a starting position of about 10 meters behind the player he was chasing. And I was chatting to Bernsey during this and I said, that was a really funny foul because you could see it coming from the second Abraham decided he was closing them down because he just ran up behind him and like pushed them on the ground. I can't remember which Torino player it was, but then when he went off the whole stadium, it was quite vicious as well the booing which i was quite surprised by is there a chance that with him having been overlooked for england now bernsey's written a piece about this kind of topic as well um haven't been given that reception from the fans that he might think do you know what i just need to get back to the premier league and, and start looking for options there i don't think he'd be that short-sighted um, at, at this stage, I mean, there's, there's certainly, you know, you can try too hard. You know, it sounded like he was, he was trying too hard, and this game was on the back of him not making the England squad. Um, and there'll, there'll have been, <laughs> there have been loads of sort of, you know, rubbish written or, you know, analysis done on, you know, the, the, the comments after the game about not getting into the World Cup squad. You know, has he been underperforming in comparison to to last season? at the start of this campaign because he was trying to keep himself fresh for the World Cup or peak at the right time for the World Cup. Mm. Was he, you know, was the whole idea of coming to Roma to get himself that sort of profile and regular game time and more worry about England? There'll be some, there'll be some crank Roma fans out there that believe that and that's why they're booing or it's, I, I think he, he, when you listen to him, like even last season, he understands the benefit of what he's got out of going to Italy. I think it will be nice, like Ewan says, that he gets to sort of rest and refresh over the over the break. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, go back to the performances that he had for Roma last season because they were probably resulted in sort of inquiring glances from Premier League sides. But I think it would have to be a sort of a significant club to sort of, getting back there this early. Arsenal. Well, you know, Arsenal, you would maybe have to change ever so slightly. Where would he fit with Gabriel Jesus? Obviously they've, they've, they've had an investment there. Um, mm. it, it's, it's likely that Arsenal would be able to offer him champions league football that Roma wouldn't and the chance to go back to London. But, um, Again, I, I, I'd like to think just from sort of how he's come across in um, his, his sort of time in Italy that he, he wouldn't be that short-sighted. I think 
I think United are probably actually a more likely option for him in that way. In the, in the sense they need a striker, but like I say, I don't think he's going to be looking at going anytime soon. Um, can I bring up something totally no. not, not not irrelevant, but just something interesting? You mentioned Carol Inetti score the goal, and I, I know I heard on comms they said that he's not been named in the Poland squad, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm. Um, and then I've just been looking at the Poland squad to see the midfield options and why they've got. 11 members of the Poland squad for this World Cup play in Italy. We spoke about this in the preview pod, I think, Kev, didn't we? Yeah, somebody didn't oh, listen to it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying it. <laughs> um, 11 of them and 10 oh, yeah. are in Serie There's an it's argument, uh, Ewan, that we should get it for free, but we'll little see save that for another pod. We could have we asked. <laughs> yeah, I can send it to you absolutely any time you want. But no, yeah, no, um, Poland have got, uh, well, we, we, yeah, on the preview, we were debating whether it's probably the, and again, it's, it's when we said we could have done with Vito because he probably would have told us instantly whether yeah. that was the, whether that was the biggest Serie A sort of collective in any one of the World Cup squads. Um, and I, I can't think off the top of my head anymore. They, they do have a, well, well, we'll get onto this later, but they do have a high proportion of, you know, their entire goalkeeper um, trio yeah, were <laughs> uh, from Syria until um, Dragowski broke oh. his ankle, unfortunately, at the weekend. That was um, nasty as well. Yeah. but um... Talking about Vito, Vito popped up with a very Vito message recently, and I can't remember if it was on Twitter in response to someone or if it was in our WhatsApp group. I think it might have been. No, it was in our yeah, WhatsApp so... group. Oh, okay. When I suggested an article that needed to be written, and he just jumped up straight away, like I can do that, and then it was just done. <laughs> like <and> it was, <laughs> it was amazingly him, so on brand. I loved it, and I, I kind of knew that he was going to take it. Wasn't it done like a day sooner than he said? He it was would done have it before done he had sent the message on WhatsApp. You and it was incredible turnaround. <laughs> but yeah, so do head over to Total Hyphen Italian for for that and Ewan's piece about the. The Englishmen being overlooked in the England squad, despite, well, two of them being pretty bloody good in, in Serie A this season and the other being good over the course of his time in Italy. But there's a conversation to be had, and I've seen our friend Patrick Kendrick trying to stir this up. Not stir this up, maybe that's the wrong word, or maybe that is what he's trying to do, I'm not sure. Trying to get a conversation going on Twitter about Roma. Now, he has said, when are we going to start talking about Roma underachieving? I'm of the opinion that they're not necessarily underachieving just yet. Ewan, are they? Mm, no, but I, I, I can understand the school of thought. It, you know, it's kind of what I was saying before. I just think there's there's a lot of relevant factors as to why they've not you know, why they're not challenging for the title or whatever. You know, obviously at the start of the season, we sort of gently hinted that they on paper could be the outside bet, et cetera. But like the, the people who were really saying they are going to win the league, that was daft. Mm. But I think, I think a lot of people are very quickly going, Oh, everyone said they were going to win the league. It's like, no, that's not what everyone said. Yeah. Everyone just said they, they look like they could be a lot better than last season. Um, you know, everyone also said that Napoli would be fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, things do change on the pitch. You know, the things that were changed for Roma have been Vinaldo broke his leg on the training pitch. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone that I said before. Whereas Napoli, they've got players like Clarence Scalia, Kim Min Jae, um, Oliveira at left back, players that, you know, we hadn't heard of. And they've settled in absolutely brilliantly. Um, I just think, I think, like I said, Roma need to break. I think there's every chance that they could be a lot better than they have been in the last five games when they come back after the break if they carry on like this then yeah that that squad that is a squad that should get into the champions league and it's a coach that should get into the top but you could say you could say that about all of the teams in the top six right atalanta you you, you might not say they should but inter with that squad and coach should finish top four juve should finish top four milan should finish top four napoli should finish top four someone has to miss out you know, and like we said, there there is only six points separate in sixth or seventh from second in Serie A this season. So I think what's happening, particularly with Roma, is that people are kind of looking at what Napoli are doing and saying, well, why can't Roma do that? But I think that both 
is unfair on other teams, but on no one more so than Napoli because it kind of takes away from what they're doing and how good it's been. Yeah, I mean they've they've been basically flawless. I mean, what they've they've lost a game and it was a dead rubber in the Champions yeah. League at Anfield. Like that, that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, the the, the the Udinese game was basically the first moment where I thought, "Ooh, this this looks mildly dodgy for four minutes," and then it was fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I think I think what it is. With that points gap, how tight it is in that area, I think we can get too hung up about league position. So if you look at, you know, if you look at Roma now and they're in seventh, you think that's not good after fifteen games when you want to get the top four, but they're three points off fourth. Mm. Like it's it's the points gaps that are more important than the figure on the left hand side at the minute. Kev Milan beat Fiorentina two one. Rafa Leao opened the scoring after I believe it was ninety seconds. The best midfielder in Italian football for the last decade, Anthony Barak, leveled after just shy of half hour. And that was how it stayed until the 91st or 92nd minute when Nikola Milenkovic put through his own goal and Milan escaped with three points. But you've written, haven't you, that they're not always going to be able to get these late goals that they keep getting. No, and there was a sort of a, a, a crucial thing you, you missed there that on 88 minutes... Um, Jonathan and Kone sort of cuts inside. Yeah. Uh, Tadasaranu was kind of a little bit in no man's land. He curls the ball around him, and Tamori clears the ball off the line. So we were we were we were a couple of minutes away from this being an absolute tragedy for for Milan. They would have been Fiorentina um, should have had a penalty as well. They, yes. Yeah. That? Yeah. They should have had a penalty. Um, he he definitely gets the ball, which is the argument that that every yeah, Milan fan will. Quite importantly. After going through it on his yeah. leg, Akone did step across. But again, I don't even think that justifies not giving the penalty because he he steps across almost to shield the ball because he wasn't he wasn't almost almost wasn't in a position to shoot. So the the right thing to do because he was close enough was to kind of step across to his leg left leg to sort of block the player so he could at least yeah. Um, Akone's doing his job there by protecting yeah. the ball. If Absolutely. if someone decides to go through his leg, he's giving away a penalty. I thought that was really bad, but let's not get bogged down in that. Continue with your point. But um, but yeah, no, exactly. The, the, from from the after ninety seconds until then, um, it, it was impressive from Fiorentina as as much as it was bad from from Milan. They they played with purpose, uh, a determination. Um, I, I might have used the, the term dominated or you know dominance in in my piece, but but they did. They they acted like they were the dominant side at San Siro. And, and what was more concerning was that Milan have done this too often this year where they don't, you know, previously, title winners have an air of supremacy about them. You know, they they, they sort of, and particularly at, particularly at home, whereas even at home, Milan have had to sort of count on a last-minute Giroud goal. Now they've had this Milinkovic uh, own goal to sort of settle them down. Otherwise, they... They could have been. They could have been even further than the eight points they are behind Napoli now. And um, I don't. I can't see where where they improve. You know, their their average goals are the same as last year. You know, it's fractional the difference. The goals they're conceding. So people, you know, say, "Oh, Calabria will be back, and Manion will be back, and then the defence will tidy up." You know, last year they were relatively low scoring. They're about they're about twenty goals behind Inter in second. So they don't sort of they don't they've they've never under Pioli really sort of brushed sides apart. So even Mannion and Calabria coming back aren't gonna sort of necessarily clear up any defensive mistakes that have made them drop points. And there's not a lot of goals to come in from sort of Salamakas who was out yesterday and Messias and Ibrahimovic will play a bit part role. You know he's he's arguably his his influence is bigger off the pitch than on it now. And I I, I don't know, I think I think they could well, it, it, there again, they're like they're like lots of the sides we've said now that they, they the, the the break will do them good, but I'm not actually sure how how much more they can get out of this squad because previously when they won the league, you know, I was one of the people that said they were greater than the sum of their parts, and it, it feels a bit like now that they're they're playing at the sum of their parts and player for player, they are no better than the the sides kind of fighting for Champions League places rather than, you know, you know outright sort of Scudetto sort of favourites. They're funny because at times this season, when you go and watch them, they do have that 
aura of a team that know they can beat anybody. Like when Leo's at it, you just think he backs himself to beat anybody. And the team just seemed to have that confidence early on. But I completely get what you're saying. It, it, it's kind of fallen out of their their game in the last couple of weeks. So I think if you're saying they need goals, that the obvious solution is to go into the transfer market and try and find a proven goal scorer who's won trophies in every country he's played in and might be in desperate need of a new club because he's just slagged off as manager and everything about the club that he's currently playing for. So what I'm saying now here is brace yourselves because Cristiano Ronaldo's and Milan rumours are coming and they're going to come fast. <laughs> Ewan, have you seen any of these links yet? Yes. No. <laughs> not actually not actually in relation to what happened last night. Um Okay. Just just in the past six months that there, there has been the odd link. And it's always been quite quickly shut down again because it's the opposite of enough. what they need. That's what I I can't stress this enough. <laughs> They're not that stupid. They're not stupid enough to do that. Um Inter, I could almost imagine doing that. Oh god, not not, not in this current situation. But, can you, can um, we just can we just agree just for the sake that of it. <laughs> none of us want him to come back to Italy, do we? No, no, he, he is hanging right. about like a wanking old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very apt that. Now, the more I think about it, <laughs> yes, yeah, he's quite old. Uh, yeah, because he's now wanked and, and self-indulgent. Um, <laughs> That was I don't good. Want to talk about him. Why are we talking about him? Are you talking about the man in Bologna or Cristiano? Both, but I don't okay. do, don't talk about either anymore. Right, go on, move on. <laughs> you, no, you don't. I've, I've, I'm lost. <laughs> are you trying to get me to come in and grab things and move yeah, it on? Are you yeah, okay? Hey, right, teach me a Ronaldo question. I don't want it. <laughs> right, Christ. can you all just stop it? And by you all, I mean you, Kevin. Can you <laughs> yeah, get control of yourself, please? It's like in your the... bingo this entire... It, no, it's not. <laughs> You're the only one playing, though, Kev. Um, one of the interesting things during the Roma game came from the Curva, where they displayed a banner that was anti-Qatar 2022. We also saw that in Bologna, where the Bologna Curva held something up along the lines of boycott the Qatar World Cup. And interestingly, now this was brought to my attention, well, not brought to my attention, but I saw... Calcio England on Twitter tweeted it and he said both sets of players went and applauded the curva when this was up. Sassuolo and Bologna players applauded the the message, which is quite an interesting one. I don't know, Kev, did you see this popping up anywhere else over the weekend? In Italy, because I've seen loads from Germany and that. No, um, no, I don't think I did, actually. Um, maybe I didn't have a close enough handle on it because I, uh, I was away this weekend, but... Um... Fair enough. Well, talk about this because Marco Anatovic got his goal, takes him to still not 13, so I'm still safe. But this and is hopeful. What, he won't this is why I thought 13. you were in the stadium because he scored why? that goal and he sort of turned and he was he gave it the V sign and he was shouting at someone. Oh, Connor's! Oh, Connor's at the Dallara. So he's uh, he's going. Yeah, you. Connor's been see. getting abuse at him all game. Yeah, <laughs> he's been reading. There was a point where I used to be concerned when I used to just slag off how much of a lump Federico Santander was. And then when I'd go to the Dalara, I'd be like, mm. when I can't see him, I'm a bit concerned that he's just going to rock up with his little pit bull Gary Medell by his side. But yeah, Arnautovic could probably, Arnautovic would be more likely to confront you on something, wouldn't he? Yeah, you'd think so. You know, proper, but yeah, better than punching Might stay clear of on you for the rest of the season then. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> have they played any of the good teams yet? I don't think they have played many of them, which is why I've not been there all that much. But we'll look into that. Lewis Ferguson, though, what a goal he scored. He's having a lovely time, Bernsey. Like, what's that, his third goal in pretty short period of time? I believe so. And the, the Bologna Twitter account have renamed him Lewis Fergolson, which is nice. I mean, he, yeah, I'm sure he likes that. That's Wait, nice. <laughs> that when has Thomas than, Muller uh... been given the keys to... <laughs> no, was you, um, do you remember uh, the Verona with the uh, Doigberto Carlos? Do you, do you remember oh, that? Oh, God. <laughs> so, at least, it, at least no, it was better than no, that. No, no. Stop, 
That wasn't Verona. That was the Serie A account. Oh, okay. It was Serie A account. Okay. So it's still, it's still better. And they're than the that. same people that do the Bologna account. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was just about to make sure that it was definitely the, the Bologna account and not the Serie A account. But I guess it, just doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? Um, Lewis Fergolson. I mean, it's all right. It'd be better if he was um, Icelandic, though, right? It just sounds a bit more Icelandic for a goal, son. Does it not? Yeah, yeah, very possible. Um, but anyway, that's not the point. Stink and loss for Sassuolo, but they do this every season. They just have a couple of dreadful results, and this is just another one of them. Sampniel Lecce, too. Now, this is probably the real reason why Vito Dori is not on the pod. He just said he couldn't do it. Curiously, after this game had been played, but Samper stinking, Bernsey. Like, they're... We're getting to the point now where you look at the table and the bottom three. So we've got Verona on five, Samp on six, Cremonese on seven. Then there's a six-point gap already until Spezia. And then there's a little bunch in Lecce, Sassuolo, Monza, close enough by. Are that bottom three already getting cut adrift? I was going to bring this up because um, Tom Underhill, who does some stuff for us, mentioned it on Twitter today. Um that basically that they they look adrift that bottom three and you know not just numerically but also results wise I think Cremonese somewhat go under the radar because they're new and we're not necessarily expecting a great deal um, but Samp and you know Samp obviously were right down there but they're a big club so it's a bigger story um, Verona we didn't expect to be all the way down there necessarily um, but they look awful. Um, and yeah, to be honest, that bottom five as is, you know, it would take quite a collapse now from Lecce and Spezia to get really dragged in there, but it already looks almost slam dunk to be three of that five. One of the things every time I sort of watch Sampdoria and Verona and they go behind and the players look devoid of hope and, and sometimes even the managerial staff look devoid of hope. Whereas Cremonense are, you know, just above them, you know, third from bottom, they look like they kind of they're they're, they're sort of kind of they're they're accepting it, you know, they they know they're going to be ups and downs, they're they're newly promoted, so they probably you know still have that little bit of hope, but there, there just doesn't seem to be anything behind the sort of sample Verona's players' body language at times that makes you think they're gonna sort of rally and, and you know, do something like Salernitana did last year and, and go on a little bit of a run. Yeah, I just, I'm looking at it and I, I completely agree with you. I think we lose Samp from Serie A this year. They're going to have to get Ranieri back in to try and save them. I hope they don't turn to Iacchini because he was, he actually made Parma worse last year and usually he gets teams to a certain level. He, he didn't do that last year, so hopefully, um, might sound mean. I hope we've seen the last of him in Serie A because I I hate when he pops up with his fucking cap. I can't stand it. So stay down there, Beppe. Oh, by the way, he you know he always wears that cap. What to sleep? Like I know that he did a couple of English lessons last season, and he wore his cap. <laughs> In his English lessons. Which, cat man. Right. I just thought it was quite nice. Um, um, so I've no idea what he looks like without it. It's his brand. It's um, like Osserman's uh, mask. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> Somebody break his leg. Um, um, on Sam, January 3rd in Serie B. Ooh. There's a seven-point gap up to top. Um, but nonetheless... There are ingredients in place for a switcheroo, which would be cool. That'd be funny for this podcast, wouldn't it? We, we could get Vito to do an hour-long special by himself, <laughs> just, just yelling at a wall. I think the poor guy would have a breakdown if <laughs> Genoa got promoted and Sam got relegated. But I, I don't. I. I'm sorry, Vito. I really hope that happens. I was trying to say that I, I don't want that to happen, but it, it would be very funny. If Genoa got promoted and Sam got relegated at the same time. Um, what else was there? Empoli Cremonese finished 2-0. I didn't watch this, 
to be perfectly honest with you guys. Did either of you? No. No. Fine. Fine. And I'll, Spezia beat... Yeah, fair point. Spezia beat Verona 2-1. Now, unfortunately, the real talking point here is Bartolomei Drongovsky's ankle because he was going to go to the World Cup. He probably wasn't going to play, Kev, as I think you've pointed out on Twitter, but it's awful to see... Well, not only to see that ankle in that state, but for his dream of going to World Cup to be taken away from him in the last game like that. Yeah, because sides like Poland don't, you know, get that many opportunities to go to a World Cup. And it's an interesting one with it being a goalkeeper. So depending on the the severity of the break, he he could be back now that we've got this um, pause in the season. But also it's, it's kind of, if you're not first choice and you're going to the World Cup first choice, um, I'm sure I, it was one of the, I think it might have been Euro 2016, where actually Fabianski went, went to the World Cup as first choice and he got a slight injury and Chesney uh, ended up being first choice for the tournament. So, you know, goalkeepers are often waiting for that chance where someone either gets yeah. a suspension or, or an injury. And then, you know, this happens to the lad, um, you know, I, I tend to quite, quite like her. I think he's he's probably slightly below what you'd want if you're a Champions League side. He he almost feels like he should be first choice for someone sort of battling out for Europa positions and then in sort of ten years' time, because he's only in his sort of mid twenties, he'd be he'd be a really good backup for a sort of Champions League sort of club. Um but you know, let's hope he comes back fit and stronger and just uh he gets another World Cup because he has got age in his side. Fingers crossed. I think that brings us to the end, guys, which... Oh, Burnsy's got something to say. Uh, I hadn't seen the video of the injury, and now I have. Yeah. And Not nice, is that? I wish I hadn't. Yeah. Um, although, here's something that I've just noticed underneath one of our tweets. We've got a reply from someone to Vito's Team of the Week. Oh, no, don't, don't, go in into this. don't go into this. Because we Why? get this all the time. We get Facebook messages of people who think we're a football team. I find it really funny, this one. Yeah, I, I think it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's just funny where people direct these things. Yeah. It's really odd. I know. Uh, all right, I'll leave it. If you, go, if you want a real laugh, go back and look through the old Facebook messages because it, it's died down now, but we used to get an insane amount of those And they messages think we're a through. football team. They think we're a football team or a federation or something, and we're in a position to give them a, a trial um, as a footballer. Interesting. We are very much not in the Kev. Don't get any ideas because I'm concerned. Um, no, no. It makes me it, first. It makes me think. You know, what would our team look like? Where would we play? We probably need a five-a-side team, not eleven-side team. But yeah. it is. It is now the time of year where I'll be. I'll be trying to work out what my team of the half season is because then I don't we'll be doing I don't, a lot of things like that. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't forget it when we come round to the actual end of the season. I go, oh no, that person actually had a good. You know, first 15 to 19 games. Yeah. So this is a funny position now because the season's not over, but we've got two months to fill. (laughs) And we will be busy with the website and we'll be keeping things going over on patreon.com slash total Italian football. In terms of the free feed, that is going to probably be largely inactive until the Serie A season returns. We might put a couple of the things that we do on Patreon up on that, but the most likely outcome is that we won't be able to. So if you do want to keep up with anything that we are putting out through the off-season, the mid-season, off-season, the off-mid-season, the mid-off-season, whatever you want to call it, um, we will be continuing to do things in podcast form and, and others over on patreon.com slash football. Starting with next week, we're going to do a bit of a, a mid-season review so the season so far type of podcast, but that will be on patreon.com slash total Italian football and not on the free feed. So for those of you who are patrons, continued love, as always, we, we've always appreciated you. For those of you who aren't, thanks for listening to the podcast. Nonetheless, do consider signing up. Oh, kits. That's we'll talk about that on just it. Came <laughs> Napoli are doing a kit with Rudolph on it, but we'll talk about that on Patreon. Um, Dock and the points. No, we, we'll, we'll wrap up. So if 
if you've not signed up, you can sign up for just two euro a month and it's not all that much money. And last week we did five bonus podcasts. So I think the value is definitely there for you and not so much for us. But thanks as ever. We'll speak to you in the new year. Patrons, we'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Italiano!